I said, when they bring uh, instant replay into WCBL, that's when I'm out. I, I'm retired. I don't need to be told. I don't need to be told instantly how wrong I am right off the bat. I'll let people tell me afterwards and everything else. Welcome to episode 204 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. There's no doubting Brent Redlinski's dedication to the New York Yankees. All you need to do is see the wall behind him when he's hosting his podcast or chatting with you on Zoom. It's all jerseys and memorabilia from the Bronx Bombers. There's also no doubting his love of the game of baseball. Whether it's talking about the game on his 1420 podcast, the occasional writing he does for Belly Up Sports, or at the field as an umpire at a variety of levels in Southern Alberta, Radlinski is a baseball lifer. The Fort McLeod product recently joined us and we shared a few laughs about his baseball journey, some of his favorite moments, and the worst call he ever made. Brent, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Hey, not a problem. It's nice to be on the, the other side of the microphone for once, not uh, asking and telling and everything else. I'm going to sit back, relax, and uh, answer some questions for you. Good to be here. I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out because you are used to uh, asking the questions. And I'm going to start off here. Your Twitter bio reads, Yankees fan, host of the 1420 Sports Podcast, and occasional writer of Belly Up Sports. What it doesn't mention, though, is umpire. Where do you find time of the day to do all of the things that you do? Well, I, I have a very forgiving wife, I guess is what I can say. She uh, lets me stay home and I work uh, on some other things that I, I a passion of mine now. And I, I had to get rid of the uh, p- occasional umpire things. I had to fit some some sponsors in there. So that's why the umpire things are on there. But uh, I get up quite early and it, I found that the uh, the podcasting thing and the writing thing and the and all the rest of it's become more of a job than my real job used to be. And it's a lot more time put in. It's a little bit uh, less laborious, but it's something that I enjoy and uh we just uh, carry on and keep things going. Before we hit the record button, we talked a little bit about your you growing up. You're a Southern Alberta kid, born and raised. But let's talk about life in baseball specifically. Let's go right back to the very beginning. Did you play the game? Was it something that you were good at? What kind of ball player were you? Well, how it all kind of went for me is when uh, I was five years old, uh, my little brother was born in the house we had in Fort McLeod, Alberta, uh, just down the road there, a little small little town. If any guys, people don't know, it's uh, just uh, west of Lethbridge. We moved out of 19th Street to uh, to a house on 22nd Street that my mom is selling to this day. And there was uh, not one, but two Little League fields right across the street. And uh, it was heaven for me all of a sudden. It was a game that I hadn't seen a whole bunch of at that age. But then you, you're five years old in a, in a small town at that time. You, you just wandered across the street. Your parents didn't mind you taking off for a few, especially with a, a baby brother in the house. So I was allowed to just go across the road and play a, a lot of baseball and t-ball and the whole bit. So I, I played at, a, at such a young age. I don't remember not playing, whether it was just playing scrub or playing uh, organized baseball, t-ball, soul pitch. And then I was always around so much uh, because I was across the street. I got to play with older, some older teams because if a kid didn't show up or they were short staff, I would just kind of hover around and, and, and play a lot when I was a kid. And I was very fortunate to be able to do that. Very cool. When did it turn for you when you said, maybe this isn't the game I, I can play, but maybe I can be involved in some other way? Well, the thing was when I was when I was about 12, 13 years old, I I, I could play a little bit. I mean, uh, the All Star teams and the, the, this, that, and the other in the, in this in the summertime. I was never great, but I was good enough. To, I was serviceable. But I I found that when I was about twelve or thirteen years old, 
instead of getting in trouble, I could go across the street and I was too old to play in those fields anymore. I could go and uh, make five bucks a game or 10 bucks a game and a hot dog or whatever it was. And uh, just umpire a game was an hour and a half and six innings. And you made sure they're done an hour and a half because the other, like it could be quite atrocious. And without any training or anything, I would go, go and umpire the bases at a young age and then go out there. Cause my neighbor, Jacob Boker, he was a, uh, an umpire full-time certified a uh, little league Canada, the whole bit. And he said, yeah, come and give me a hand doing this. Yeah. I said, why not? What, 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 what harm could be done? And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was something I really enjoyed doing at a young age. And I just kept going at it. And then when I was, oh, geez, I think I was about 15 years old. And the Little League uh, 13-year-old, since junior Canadians were in Fort McLeod, the hometown. And uh, Brent, the late, great Brent Derricott in the umpire world here in Southern Alberta, he uh, somehow finagled me to, to do a few games on the bases. And then I did a, uh, on the plate, I did a game uh, on, on, that was a, a, con- a consolation file that didn't mean anything, but it, it was kind of neat for me that at the age of 15, I think it was to be umpiring a 13 year old game at a national tournament. So that's kind of how I, I, I got in it and stuck with it. Was it hard making that transition from being a player to being an official, given that you're probably used to giving the, the umps a, a bit of your business and now you're having to receive it. Well, that was the funny thing, Joe, is that, uh, yeah, I used to be a bit of a, I'm going to say it a bit of a red ass as a player. And I didn't mind telling, cause I got a, I got a big yap. That's why I got a podcast. I guess that hasn't changed a whole bunch, but I, I, I had a big yap back then. And I, I would uh, say thanks to umpires. And I, for all those who listen to this show, uh, I apologize uh, for, for anything that I may, may have said to you in the past. If you're, if you're a little bit older now and everything else, but no, I didn't find it that hard because I was, uh, I had a pretty quick uh, retort, I guess, to say things back to people. And then I kind of learned the error of my ways as a player quickly that I oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have been saying that stuff. And you would, and you would learn to, as an umpire, you, you, and it's something that we, we have a clinic here that to, to hear everything, but don't listen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of something that I learned at an, at an early age as an umpire. Yeah. Guys say stuff, but they don't really mean it. There's a reason why they say things, the reason why things can come in and out. So I, I didn't let it bother me too much. And I was, uh, back then I was a uh, pretty witty. Well, I still, I guess I think I am. My <laughs> wife doesn't think so very much, but um it's it's situational it's situational things you you can say and things you're not supposed to say and and things you can ignore and not ignore so i I didn't let it bother me a whole bunch at at that point Mm -hmm. when you look back on it over the course of now you know 40 years in the game plus any highlights so far uh when i went to the jim evans umpire academy in 19 geez man i'm getting when when you say 19 (laughs) and the year in in front of it instead of 2000 1997 when i went to uh, i i had a situation where um i went to jim evans umpire academy in Kissimmee, florida and i learned uh i went in a little bit green i hadn't taken a whole bunch of um training per se i just went out in the field do little league like those half day clinics you take in little league and 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 you go out in the field, you, you hope for the best, expect the worst, hope for the best kind of deal back mm-hmm. then. But then I uh, I took some uh, official training. So that was a highlight, learning how to do things. And uh, the guy who is the crew chief right now, um, who I still chat with once in a while this day, Dan, I saw he's the crew chief of the World Series. So the the people that I've met through the game, uh, it's, it's kind of a highlight through that, through, through the umpire academy I took there. Um, this year, I had some, uh, like three different highlights. Uh, th- just this year, we can go, we can go way back. But this year, doing the the All Star Game in Okotoks this year for the WCBL, that was a lot of fun. That's one I uh, I won't forget anytime soon. And having my mother there to watch, and uh, that was a lot of fun. 
the um, the CCBC Championship this year in Lethbridge, getting to do that one. But I think the biggest one, and it's just this year, was uh, the Okotoks Dogs and the Moose Jaw Miller Express, the final this year. I was on third base for that game in front of 6,000-plus people. Uh, that was something different, and I had to give myself a bit of a uh, just a, a step back before the game started. Cause it's at the end of the day, it's just a baseball game. But when there's six thousand people there, and uh, and I've never uh, worked the third base in Okotoks and that hillside there where they have all the the people sitting there, and they're they're awfully close and they're a little bit boisterous there. So I had to take a little <laughs> step back and uh, say. Okay, yeah, this is the real deal here, and, and these kids mean it tonight. Because for a lot of those kids, for me, and I, I got thinking about this, and we were talking with Chris Hartley before the game, is that some of these kids, it might have been their last baseball game, they were a competitive game they played in their lives. So this, mm -hmm. this one actually means something that, say, maybe game one or two of the WCBL season didn't. So like just this year, I had three pretty big highlights compared to some, some just uh, some mundane games I did in the past. I've asked players this, and I'm curious from an umpire's perspective, when you are in a situation like that where you know that there's a, a capacity crowd or a really big crowd, as an umpire, do you take that step back and acknowledge the situation as well? Like, do you take that moment to breathe it in and go, I can't believe I'm doing this right now? Yeah, like it's, it's not the World Series by any means, but I guess it's our World Series for WCBL umpires. I mean, that's kind of the, the like around here, that's the best uh, the best baseball we're going, we're going to see um, at, in you know, in Western Canada, maybe, maybe with the West Coast League, we can talk about that another day because mm -hmm. that's that might be taken over. There's rumors about that. But there is definitely, when you're out there in front of that many people and the the game means a lot, you, you have to take a step back and maybe you take an extra pitch or two behind the plate be, before it starts. And maybe you, uh, during the home plate meeting, you might talk with uh, the coach a little bit more and, and just go, okay, just and get their vibe a little bit to see how they're, they're handling it. Because other than... Uh, other than Mitch in Okotoks, <laughs> most of the coaches are are, are, are rather uh, are, are a lot. No, no offense, Mitch, but uh, most of the other coaches are are a lot younger. So you want to get their feeling how 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 they're taking the game, and then get their scope because if they're a little revved up, then you can go, okay, this is how it's, this how this game might turn out to be. But Mitch was a very calming influence in that one because he was joking about I can't remember what it was. They were joking about things out there, but. You do take a step back and it, it takes a pitch or two and you go and you hope you don't get a check. Like I was in, like I said, I was on third and you you hope the very first pitch of the game isn't a check swing pointed my way. Cause I don't know if I would have got it. <laughs> I wouldn't have been paying attention to be honest with you. <laughs> looking the other way, looking for, see, see where my mom was sitting or something. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, one of those deals. You mentioned that we were talking about it off air, missing calls. And you said that that was one of the hardest questions you've asked of another umpire. So I want to ask that of you. What's the worst call you've ever made? Oh geez, there's been there's been a number of not a, okay. <laughs> now I he's outing himself. That. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that because everybody listening to the Alberta Dougal Stories podcast is going to be. Remember, you said this one. You said you got that one right. So everybody's gonna be. Uh, there was a couple. There was it was down in Great Falls, Montana, years ago, and um, oh, about 1998 or 99, I think it was. And there was a kid going for the batting title, and the. There's a two-man system, so I had the, the, the I had the fair fouls. I was on the on home plate, and it was a shot down first base, and the the guy was running down. The catcher curled in front of me, and then the first base coach he looked, and the first base when he decided, every side at one point in the game, they all decided to look at, at the baseball first time ever in the history of the game. And to my opinion, <laughs> that it never happened. And I saw it bounce. I saw it go out of play. I, I killed it. Foul, foul, foul. Pointed, pointed. Very adamant that I had it right. There was no way I had it wrong because the ball's over the fence. 
out of nowhere, this kid, he comes running down and he spoke very little English. He was saying all kinds of words that I probably should have ejected for, but I, I didn't know what the words even meant. So I was like, all right, good enough. And then the coach come out and he just starts, he loses it. So eventually I, I kind of figured I must've got it really wrong because if they were that upset, I, I must've really blown this call. So I throw the, I throw the coach out of the game and it was an ex major league guy. I don't want to say his name. Maybe I will. Mickey Hatcher was his oh, name. Yeah. And uh, remember Mickey Hatcher? Yep. So he got a little bit upset with me and I, I was like, oh man, this is, this isn't very good. So I threw him out of the game, went back to the hotel that, that later on that night and I watched the game and the home plate meeting the next day. He uh, didn't say much. We had a smirk on his face and he says, did you watch TV last night, Brent? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, sure, sure as the day as long as the ball was about two inches in fair territory. So that was one that uh, definitely I, I blew in a, in a horrible way, but yeah, we had a laugh at it later on anyway, so it was no no harm, no foul. The guy got a base at the next pitch anyway, so it didn't much matter, but it was just quite funny. It's funny how a lot of athletes will say that baseball is a game of failure, and yet umpires aren't allowed to have that failure, are they? Oh, and, and I've always said that, Joe, is when I do decide to say when, when, when it's all said and done, when I'm 75 years old, the way, I'm, <laughs> the way retirement's going for me, that... Uh, the, my very last game, if a kid makes an error or a guy strikes out on a pitch in the dirt or a coach makes a, a call for a bunt or a hit and run or a steal or whatever, and I know that it's a mistake, I when I know it's my last game, I'm going to run over to that coach or, or go over my, in my walker wheelchair or it might be at that point, and I'm going to make a point of telling those guys how bad their decision was how bad that play was. How can you not throw a ball from first base to shortstop or to from shortstop to first base? I'm going to make sure that I, I uh, get my two cents out for, for every umpire who's ever been yelled at over the years. And it doesn't happen very often anymore. Like it's, it's, that's one thing I noticed, Joe, that the way the game has changed compared to what it was 20, 25 years ago is that, um, yes, there, there, there are disagreements, but now it's more of a, um, the games don't mean as much because there's so many more teams and so many more players who jump from team to team in summer baseball. And then there, there's club teams and there's travel teams and there's not as much of a community involvement. So there's not as much anger, I guess, mm -hmm. per se, and the games don't mean as much. So there's a, it's a, it's a lot more, um, tutoring out there for, for, for teams and stuff. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it from a personal perspective, any more challenging now or maybe it's easier to maybe forgive yourself in those situations because i know for from an umpire or any kind of sport official perspective you're probably your own worst critic right and so you go home and you probably mull over you might have had 99 percent of the calls right but that one percent is the one that keeps you up at night there are some like there yeah there's some that that, that bug you the, the ride home after games like say if you're in hat i'm in lethbridge now or or if uh, you get the, the long ride from Brooks after, you know, getting the mosquitoes off you um, there, there's the ones that you think about and you go, geez, did I get that right? Or the ones that, you know, you know, you know, that you blew. Uh, those are the tough ones that you don't get over because there, there's times where that you, you're sure you got it right. And then you start questioning yourself because in general, coaches, players, managers, whatever, they won't say a word. They mm -hmm. won't say anything, but if you're wrong, they, and they, they'll, Kind of give you a, a sideways look. It's very rare that, especially a guy my age, where I'm not like you, the game's not going, the, the call's not going to get changed. But a lot of the times, it's the it bugs me when you know you get a, a pitch wrong. You go, oh, that wasn't even close. And and they the guys look at you, but you can't change it. 
those ones later on at night when you're when you're at home having a, a nice cold Bud Light, those are the ones that really get to you a lot more. Uh, I don't even know if, if the the players even know that the call was wrong sometimes, but when the umpire, yeah, you you know a lot. It, it's and, and those are the ones that really bug you. That you man, I I screwed that kid out of that pitch, or or I uh, the kid kid should have had the stolen base and changed the game, and and it, it, those bug you a lot. And sometimes it, it bothers you even more when guys don't say anything. Because then they're 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 so disgusted with you they don't even <laughs> want to say anything and like there there's guys that just like it's like when you're when when you're a kid and your parents shake your head at you shake shake their head at you I'm you're not mad I'm just disappointed that. I'm disappointed <laughs> I'd rather someone be mad at me than disappointed because it's uh, when you when you don't hear anything and, and people are are upset with you that's that's the worst mm-hmm. it is now is it easier or harder in today's day and age in your eyes to be an umpire at a lower level because you don't have the scrutiny and I'll use the, the social media stuff that you're seeing now at the major league level where there are accounts dedicated to kind of the accuracy of uh, a game call by an umpire. It are coaches and players a little bit more forgiving of people like you who don't have the benefit of, instant replay you don't have the benefit of of all this new technology that's at everybody's hands at the major league level well i i said to my partner and to, to coaches uh like brandon oberg i do a lot of games with here in lethbridge i said when they bring uh instant replay into wcbl that's when i'm out I, i'm retired i don't need to be told i don't need to be told instantly how wrong i am right off the bat i'll let people tell me afterwards and everything else but um we we don't get a ton because i i think because i, I did have one situation uh this summer we're a kid out of Brooks. He uh, he told he said I got a pitch wrong. I don't think I did because while well, I call it a strike and still a strike to this day, it still hasn't the call still hasn't been changed uh, four months later. But um, he said he was going to go home and, and watch home team live and and make sure that he that that, that he was right and I was wrong. And I mm-hmm. said, well, it's still going to be the call I made because um, right. the the, the uh, I think that having the social media accounts, it, it's and us like, me not having that. It makes it easier to your 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 butt's not clenched up as much because if you make a mistake or if you get get it right if you get it wrong there there's no real scrutiny and no real arguments can be had a day later or in the moment mm-hmm. and I think that the, at our level at that we do I think it's actually better for a guy to be able to go out there and to make his calls and do it right and and, and to to not have that scrutiny right off the bat and I think that's so important for not only myself. Because uh, that's still an amateur umpire at the end of the day with, with amateur players, uh, but to have younger guys out there, I think it's important to not have the um, the social media and the technology on the field because guys are so revved up to be an umpire. It's tough. It's tough to to get every call right, and to have that scrutiny would make it would make it even tight tougher because you you don't need to be picked on and yelled at uh, for. See here, see here, guys are bringing their phones out or whatever it is. I, I don't think that would be good for amateur baseball at all. I really don't. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is I think it becomes a bit of a, a crutch, right? Because then all of a sudden they go, well, if I'm a little bit lazy on this call, then I could always just go back to the technology that might be available to me instead of being paying attention 100% of the time. Well, it, it goes along with what you're saying. Like, why, why are players allowed to make mistakes? Mm-hmm. Right, like they they don't get redos, and, and I, I I don't think having that uh, the the robo umps I don't think it's a good idea. Um, do we all get upset that a pitch was called? Like there was one guy in Major League Baseball here, and he had an eighty six. It's a, it was a Jays game. He had an 86 percent uh, strike call strike strike rate uh, or efficiency rate, and 
oh, well, did, did any of those calls actually change the outcome of the game mm-hmm. in the big picture? I mean, if it, there's uh, there's been very few, there's, uh, there, there has been some in the history of baseball that have changed the outcome of a game. But in the in the how many thousands of baseball games played uh, across this land of ours, how many games actually get uh, altered by, by an umpire? There's not a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that young umpire aspect of things, what do you say to the, especially in this day and age where it's really tough to bring in some new talent and get some some new faces? I know baseball Alberta has been challenged by it. I know uh, down in your neck of the woods, you've been challenged by bringing Brilliant. in some new talent. How do you coax those kids who might have a baseball background but don't want to do it? How do you get them to to come out and and put on the stripes? Well, lately we've been doing a uh, thing with the Southern Alberta Umpire Association. We have a, a biweekly clinic. Uh, it's not rules. It's not sitting in a, in a classroom and, and bit bored out of your mind listening to Charlie Brown's teacher. Uh, just say nothing and you, and you don't hear anything. We do on the field stuff. We're, we just started a, a cage stuff. And we ha- we have some catchers, a, a catcher now uh, that plays for the PBA. He's injured right now, so he couldn't play. And he came down this week and he was listening to things. Go, hey, this is kind of neat. And I was like, well, this is a way you can stay in the game because all there, there, there's all, also there's, there, there's all these new teams popping up and everybody wants to be a coach for some reason. I said... You can be an umpire, make a pretty decent, a, a decent, uh, not, you're not getting rich by any means, but it's, it's good pocket money uh, on a, a weekly basis. You can go out and make X amount of dollars and you can be part of the game for a long time. And you don't have parents phoning you every night. You don't have uh, kids giving you, give, giving you grief all the time. You can put it away and you can have a good time. And that's something we're really trying to, to push up, push with kids um, and players more at the, uh, you know, 17, 18 years old saying, Come out and do this because you can be part of the game for a long time. And because there there is a lack of of officials, you can become you can cl- climb the ranks pretty quick if you're if you're if you're good at it. Mm-hmm. And you and you can get you can end up as a as a WCBL guy in a rather quick period of time. And the one thing that I try to do with these younger guys is not just be their mentor, is be their partner first. And go out and have a good time and, and show, okay, this is what we can do. And then, like, I'm not going to go out here and we're, we're going to have a good time and we can have a, a lot of laughs doing it. And then you get more respect from the coaches on that point. And then the coaches will actually, they'll they'll be better, they'll be nice to that kid trying to do it. Because mm-hmm. in general, like, like in, you hear the horror stories all the time about, you know, the, the umpire got punched in the face and the umpire got tracked down. You hear that a lot more. But, and then the, the yelling and the screaming. But in general, there is bad ones, but in general, it, it is a it's a, it's a lot of fun, and most coaches are are really good. Like ninety nine percent of them are good. Most parents are ninety nine percent of them are really good, and, and you you have to promote that a lot. That it's not the horror stories you hear, and 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 with social media, and you 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 know it more than I do probably. And, and in the media, uh, they aren't going to promote uh, the feel good stories very much because those those don't get clicks. Mm-hmm. And so we we need to as a as umpires as baseball Alberta as. Southern Alberta Empire Association, whatever it is, we, we need to promote the goodness of baseball again and how how great the game actually is because it's a lot of fun being out there and it's a way we can stay in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. What's it meant to you to be able to give back to the game the way you have in in a, in a completely different way, not just from an umpire perspective, but also to be able to, to share the stories that you do through your own show? It's been so much fun and it's been so, and there's, and the thing with, uh, like I'm more of a Twitter guy cause Facebook is kind of ridiculous to me, but whatever. <laughs> cause I don't care what you had for supper, but, um, but the way Facebook has, uh, cause there's so many communities that are out there that people ha- are, are their groups and, uh, the umpire associations right across the country. And like I had John Galante, the tri-state, uh, he actually contacted me, he wanted to be on our show 
talk about his association and help out. And there's such a great community of umpires and everybody has the same issues with trying to recruit umpires, whether it be Canada, United States, East Coast, West Coast, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Everybody tries to reach out and help out a lot. And it's been so good and uh, that that we're not the only ones and we're not the only ones uh, that are struggling. I don't want to say failing, but, but struggling. And it's, it's nice to see that, that you have a community of people who are trying to help each other out and try to keep the game going. And down here in Lethbridge, even like we started a YouTube channel and uh, I think it was, I don't, I, I don't know who runs our social media account, but uh, I'm just going to assume it's Hubka. He even retweeted some of our stuff or, and, and, and liked our Facebook page and stuff. So it, it's nice to see that you have uh, the backing of people because without umpires, uh, doing the games, it's just it's just practice, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just a scrimmage. And to, and every, when everybody knows that you need umpires to keep the game going, it means a lot that you're that you're helping out the the good of the game. And that and like I like we had talked about the other night on our show, um, when you're able to give back to the game a little bit in some way, um, whether it be 20 years later or 10 years later or five years later, it's nice to, to know that there are people who are reciprocating that and 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 they're they're and they're trying to help out as well. And this is exactly why we brought you on the show, because we wanted to talk exactly about the umpiring side of things, because you guys don't get enough respect at the end of the day. So glad, uh, happy to have you on and be able to uh, to share those stories. The final question for you, like we ask everybody, what does the game of baseball mean to you? It pretty much means everything. As you can see behind me, I'm kind of a Yankee dork. I got all kinds of shrapnel in behind me. I don't know if it's a, it's a thing, but no, it means everything to me. I, I, I love the game. I always have, like I said, since the age of five, when I grew Grew up uh, across the street in my parents' house in Fort McLeod. There, it's something you can go to the game. You can go to you can it, you. It's it's the greatest game in the world because everybody at one point of time has played it, whether it be softball or baseball or kickball or something. Not everybody plays football. Not everybody. But everybody plays soccer. Not everybody, everybody plays hockey. But at some point, everybody has played either rec softball or and everybody has their opinion, and everybody can sit in the stands and enjoy it. And the the camaraderie that can happen at a, at a ball field. It's there's nothing quite like it, whether it be at a major league game, a WCBL game or a little league game. Yeah, you, you don't even really got to pay attention to the game. But once you hear the crack of the bat, you you can stop and you can turn your head and the person sitting next to you can be your, be your best friend for a long time when you're at a game. And there's the, the, the benefits that I've got far away the negatives. I mean, like I said, you, you get yelled at a little bit on a ball field, but the positives that happen and you see a kid could get a hit for the first time you see a kid catch a ball for the first time or or a big home run or an all-star game or whatever like WCBL we had this year and you see the the excitement that comes from fans fans eyes when I'm out on the field and they're having a great time there's nothing quite like it now to be a part of the game that I am that like I am now it's uh it's second to none for me such a cool story and love listening to not only your stories here but also through your show as well Brent really appreciate the time thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast no, not a problem, Joey. Tiny help you need. I'll, uh, I'm here to help and uh, spread the good word of baseball for sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Brent Radlinski for joining us this week. And a special shout out to all the umpires and officials out there for all you do for the game. It's a highly scrutinized position that doesn't get a lot of love. So we were happy to have Brent on this week and can't wait to spotlight a few others in the future. Before we go, we'd like to tip our caps to our platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. We are forever grateful to the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy for their tremendous show of generosity, which helps us cover costs like web hosting and podcast software fees. Head to our website to learn more about our great supporters and teammates. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.